Hey, so just going to let everyone know that's listening to this. There will obviously be, you'll, you'll notice whenever it happens, but there's a break in the audio. Um, we had some technical difficulties with power outages and things like that. So, uh, and then once that comes back, I will be uh, kind of doing my own thing and recapping everything that we did not get to yet. So whenever you stop hearing Bailey, that is why. Um, but definitely, thank you so much for listening. We have a good episode for you here, even though it is a little bit disjointed at times. Um, but definitely check it out, and we will catch you next week with more reaction to the later games in the series. With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA Draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA Draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. Welcome back to Rebel Edition, your bi-weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. I say bi-weekly, but we missed earlier this week, so I apologize to y'all for that. My name is Corey Rausch. I am a contributor and board member for Outlet Pass covering the NBA M- and WNBA. I am joined, as always, by Bailey Caldwell, my forever partner and co-founder of Outlet Pass. Bailey, okay. how are you? You know, I'm chilling. It's, it's been a pretty long day. been a good while since we recorded something so happy to be back here had some great ball some uh what's what's a good word some uh controversial awards Mm -hmm. maybe not awards uh just two teams you know but the um, discussion whether it be voting results or the teams or what have you, because we're going to get into some of the other voting results as well. It's, it's, it's been a weird time. We were supposed to come earlier this yeah. week. Um, I'm in the middle of new transitioning to a new job, new day job and uh new house and wedding and now nine days away. So I apologize for missing earlier in the week, but it's good to be back. And it turned out that us waiting gave us plenty to talk about, at least in terms of awards today. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Where where do you want to start, Corey? I figured let's start with the news, like the awards and the, all that stuff, kind of go in chronological order. And then um, we'll wrap up with the games and we'll, because that lets us kind of preview what's coming for this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm with it. Okay. So going back to last week after we recorded the first award that was announced was Coach of the Year, uh, Becky Hammond was the winner, which I don't think anyone really had too much of a problem with. I think that there were a number of candidates that you could have given the nod to. Um, before I go off on a rant, what were did you have any thoughts that you took away from Becky Hammond being named Coach of the Year? Makes complete sense. If I recall correctly, she was both of our picks during our awards pod. You know, kind of transformed the aces a bit, even though they were already a very talented team and some people – you know, feel like she just inherited a one seed. I don't think that's possible, respectfully. Um, so you know, well deserved. She definitely earned it. And 
I I thought the voting breakdown was good as well. You know, I think Tanisha Wright was second, if I recall correctly. You know, and there I um, we talked all year about her, you know, being worthy of some love. So that was cool to see that the voters agreed with us. I I don't really have a whole lot else to say beyond that, but I I, I felt like the overall voting in that award was you know it was right it was what we thought it would be for the most part yeah so and maybe this i'm i'm almost certainly being nitpicky but it just jumped out to me i was a little bit surprised taken aback whatever you want to call it that uh that like we said there was a number of candidates that i think absolutely were deserving somebody who i did not think would necessarily get a vote for coach of the year was uh vanessa nygaard but she sure did yeah she did. Yeah. I'm just, how can someone receive a coach of the year vote when they alienated the best player on their roster? When they were simply a sycophant for a beyond cooked so-called goat instead of trying to make the team around them better. Obviously the situation around the team this year is like, it's impossible, right? Like, I mean, and I think that this is probably how you end up with someone like Nygaard getting a coach of the year vote because everything around BG and her still being unjustly detained and the mental strain that that puts on not just BG and her family, but also her teammates who, I mean, to an extent are considered her extended family. Right. Um, But like, that's not enough for me to reward Nygaard. You had uh, Diana Throssi this year, try to hurt multiple people. And that's not necessarily anything new, but, and then she's basically just rewarded by her coach. You had everything is that is farm strong this year with while she was one of the most improved players. So I guess you could put that like feather in the cap of Nygaard. She was also regularly just being a nuisance and going after a former teammate. Tina Charles leaving midseason is not exactly a feather in the cap of the coach. The clown emoji. Like if your best player is out there calling you a clown midseason because you're discredited in the all-star game because the player that you were hired to put on a poster and talk about for no reason didn't make it like I don't what are we doing with this award other than simply holding the title of head coach Vanessa Nygaard did nothing this year to set herself in the category of coach of the year I just I I don't get it I agree and you know I think I feel like her best um, coaching decision in terms of what she did with the team you know putting Sophie at the four I felt like it came more as uh, what's the word? A necessity. Necessitated it, yeah. yeah, necessity as opposed to some brilliant galaxy brain choice. Um, and you know, this is not the only kind of weird vote we'll talk about, but I, I'm with you. I cannot fathom a reason why I think she even deserves a vote, and I. You know, I'd like to think that that should be obvious to the voters who have the votes, but apparently not. I think what's most glaring to me, and it comes like this will come up in all of our other awards discussions as well. This isn't like the other leagues where you list your top three. So it's not like she got a third place vote, and that's how right. she you know what I mean? You right. pick one person. So someone decided the one person they were going to name for coach of the year was Vanessa Nygaard. That's... Yeah, it's- that's a tough look i don't know if that's the worst vote result that we have we'll talk about plenty but that's pretty bad 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I definitely... It's weird because I respect the voters' right to privacy. But I also feel like they should also show us. Here's the thing. I don't. I like. I, I hear what you're saying. I like, but like, it's not like this is like voting for the president or voting for like public office or anything like that. You're a credentialed media member, and it's not like because you get to hide behind a veil of anonymity, we don't see your biases. You know what I mean? You're telling us your biases right now. You just don't have to own up to it. I feel like if you're going to sit out there and give an opinion, that's like, while I might not necessarily agree with your opinion, I can respect it if you're willing to defend it. But if you just want to say behind something where you never actually have to admit, what, what, like, what are you doing? I, I, I just. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I'm, I'm, I'm more with you. Like they should show us, but I also like, I don't necessarily think they should be forced to. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like they're, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, kind of a weird, gray area. I want to say. I mean, I guess I, I like I, I know I'm nobody in terms of like my writing presence. I don't have the presence that some of these voters do, and that's not me downplaying myself. Like I'm just not like a. I mean, there's a reason why I don't have a vote. I'm not, like, nationally known or anything. You know what I mean? But, like, or, like, accredited yeah. in that way at this point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not necessarily saying by ability. I'm saying by notoriety. Yes. So I speak from a place where I do have relative anonymity, and I still put my name to my votes each time. I don't care if I look stupid. Like, that's kind of the point, though, right? Is if I'm going to sit here and have an intelligent conversation about something, let me have the conversation. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see any reason to just essentially be a Twitter egg with something that we use to develop all of fame careers. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I agree with you for sure. I, I definitely think it's, it's such a tough thing to, I'm just trying to, I don't, it's, it's hard because I want to know. And I think the players and fans have a right to know, but I also, you know, just, I believe that there's also the right to withhold, but I do think that, I don't know. I, I don't. I know if I was there, I wouldn't withhold. Yeah, I can't. I, I just know. You know, it's it's weird. I don't, I don't, and I understand that not everybody would agree with me in that regard about that decision. But I don't know. I just I think that a lot of these people, the people that are on Twitter or on social media, having these conversations every day, or they're reporting and different things, and you know, they're already putting their opinions out there on other things. Like, just put the rest of it out there. But yeah, I don't get it. I don't and get I it. and and I also will say, I don't know if the W has any sort of say as a league. You know, I know the I NBA know. usually the NBA doesn't they usually like put out their lists of voters. They didn't used to. So that's a more recent trend. But yes, they do now. I I can remember when uh. Ja, rookie of the year, they put out the names and the one guy that voted for Zion, like, just caused so much flack because he was out there, but... Oh, see, I remember, like, whenever when LeBron didn't win unanimous MVP, back then the the results didn't come out, but the guy that voted for Melo came out and admitted that it was him, and like, I don't, I, I, don't, I, like, I don't get why what you're trying to hide behind it. If, if you're, like, yeah. I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're big on stand on your opinion over here. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want to say there is no right or wrong because there's technically not, but like, there's levels of outrageousness, I guess is what I'll, I'll say, because 
I would love to hear whoever voted for Vanessa and I go. I would just love to hear their case. I just like, assume, just, like I, I think it will be just be BG wasn't there this season was tough, and it's like, oh, but that's not. It's not like she managed it well. Like, yeah, they made the playoffs, but like, yeah. I mean, I would just really love to hear. You know that that I think that's something that would be a really interesting discussion. But I also know that there are certain people in the W spectrum that would not be as kind as I would. Yes. Let's go to an award that's a little bit more straightforward. I don't really think there's any real criticisms here, which probably will mean we'll spend less time on it. Uh, Jack Young was voted most improved player. I, I, I think that was, I mean, that was both of our picks. I don't think that that like that to me is like one of the ones we'll get into a little bit where if it had been unanimous, I wouldn't have been surprised. I, I can see the argument from for some other people. Like, uh, we, we talked about Sabrina. I know Kelsey Plum got some votes. I wouldn't necessarily have given them to her, but I also, whatever, like it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, I know that you were bummed that Lexi Brown didn't even catch a single vote. I think that that's, she's absolutely somebody that if this was listed one, two, three, she might have caught some third place votes, but I don't necessarily think that anyone really thought that she necessarily improved more than the likes of a Jack, Jackie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said on Twitter, I don't. I, I think the right person won the award, ultimately, but it's just it's so strange sometimes to me seeing like three or four number one picks in the most improved because I mean to an extent like they're just reaching the expectations that were set for them mm-hmm. as a number one overall pick, like. You know, we talked about Sabrina. Like, she pretty much got healthy. You know, she yeah, was just healthy. Yeah. And then, like, KP didn't – I, you know, KP didn't really make that big of a jump from last year in my book. Honestly, to me, KP's – like, and I said, and this is no slight to her because obviously she still had to do it, but the adjustment was the pace of the game. Right. She, like, she maintained her efficacy with a higher pace, which is impressive, but it's not – and her, I imagine her usage is probably different, like yeah, the usage yeah, usage so. rating. I just, like, I don't know. To me, it, it was the voting results of that award were weird. And I did Tierra McCowan got a vote, which I do think she did a lot of good for herself in Dallas. I think she did over the last month of the season. I, I don't think, like, if you're looking at the whole season, I don't think she. Right? Did yeah. No, I'm mean, in with you, but you know, I do think I don't know if she deserved. I wouldn't have voted for her. She didn't come to mind, but. I can understand that. Hanzu, I can understand that. Um, there was one other. I think Gabby Williams got a vote, um, if I recall correctly. Yeah, which, that. again, I think that's more just health. than. And I think that's just being in the right situation mm-hmm. um, as well. So, yeah, I, I definitely thought that the oh, votes distribution here was um, – the names were not who I would have expected – to see, and I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people were talking about, and I know we'll get to this, but during the all defense, talking about how everybody views defense differently. Well, it's pretty obvious that everybody views improvement differently too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you know, again, I, I said earlier, like Jack Young was the number one overall pick, and I, you know, when I we talked about who I would have voted for, I, that was really the only reason that I did vote for her, but her improvement was more tangible to me than just increased pace, increased usage, increased spacing, different offensive system. And she just changed she changed her individual game. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of individual changes in her own game that you could see. I mean, her jump shot was like her jump shot form was different. Um, you know, the way she played defense was different. Like she, you could see the differences there. Um, you know, they were very individual differences that I think, you know, were valid. That being said, at the end of the day, to me, it's just hard. And I, I guess, you know, if you're number one overall pick that struggles really hard out the gate, you know, and then figures it out in a few years, that's one thing. But like, didn't Kelsey Plum just win something last year? What was she, she was last six, year? She was six person. She was six last year. Like she was just six woman last year. And like Sabrina literally just got healthy. You know, it's like I just it was weird to me to see yeah. those people on that list. And I know you had talked about Sabrina um and her case. And I I thought you made a you know a, a, some valid points with that, but just fair, uh, I still would have picked Jack. Like, yeah, no, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I thought when we discussed it, like, you you named her from the others. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just weird. Those that list, the voting was weird to me. Yeah. Well, on to the weirdest defensive player of the year is fine. I think uh, I, I'm very happy for Asia Wilson winning defensive player of the year. I think the statistical cases as well outlined. I would have voted for. Alyssa Thomas, but I, I fully admit my bias there. Um, and then you get to the teams. Well, before we, before we get to teams, I, okay. I just want to say that I think Asia winning defensive play of the year was well deserved, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a there's a large constituency, yes, of people on Twitter thinking that just because they gave Asia defensive player of the year that she's not going to win MVP. And I don't even think that's just Twitter. I felt like I heard that a lot during the game broadcast. And I was just I, like I, I don't know. You know, I don't watch the games with sound up usually, so I don't know. But like I understand the concern and I understand there are deeper levels at play, you know, specifically among the, you know, her top um top two candidates are a black woman and a white woman and UConn. So like, I understand all these things at play. That being said, I just, I don't, I understand being concerned, but like everybody's pretty much just, I feel like they've thrown in the towel. And if anything, I think now's the time to ride even harder for that, you know, even if the, the vote's already cast and it's already set, but like, I don't know. I just feel like, Instead of everybody looking like, oh, Asia can make history and win defensive player and MVP and maybe a ring, like her getting that, I think unintentionally they diminished that award. Yeah. I also, to to your point about the, I understand there's many vocal sectors of WNBA Twitter and even just some inherent media biases. I, w- I would vote for Asia Wilson to be the MVP of the league. If Brianna Stewart wins the award, that's not racism. I'm sorry. It's, it, it's not. I, you're never going to convince me of that because Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson are clearly the two best players in the league. They have been that all year. And you've seen so far in these playoffs that Stewie has the exact same pace. So 
I don't, I think it's close and like, it's close. I don't think that that would just be, well, they gave it, you know, I know people will say that. And I don't think that's fair at all to Brianna Stewart. And, and I would I d- take Asia. And I definitely know, you know, and, and they, there's definitely a case to be made for the biases that come with that. There's yeah, definitely historically, yeah. but in, in this case, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, that it, it's always a factor, but I don't think it's the factor in this case but again i think it's asia i think in game two we saw that we saw why um which i know we'll get to that soon too but i do think that in in other awards races and in other situations that's been a factor yes i I remember i remember when diana tarazi won finals mvp over cappy pondexter and that to me was so blasphemous and still is to this day um and that's not just because it's dt like Corey, i don't know if you've watched those finals i watched those finals live when they happened and it was and and cappy was like dt had a few moments but like she was not you know she had a few clutch shots she had some good moments and she was good but she cappy was the finals mvp that year and it just wasn't even close to me um but yeah, uh, just to circle back to where I was at, like, you know, I, I haven't really liked the response, even though I understand it. I just, I, I feel like instead of, first off, I think you're underselling what Asia has done to get there. And I also think you're undermining the award and, you know, kind of dampening it. And I also just want to say that somebody pointed out, I think it was M. Adler made a good point. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about who had less help between the two and the way they put it. And I agree with this statement 100%. Asia had more offensive help. Stewie had more defensive help. Yes, sir. Simple as that. Simple as that. But it's not offensive player and defensive player of the year. It's MVP and defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. So I do think offense often gets overvalued in the MVP. That's a whole nother story. It's also uh, because there is no offensive player of the year award, right? So it often, yeah. That's why you see so many best score or or highest leading score on the best team or leading score of the league, whatever. Like, that's why you see so many people win it that meet that requirement. So, yeah. But I I just, I I didn't really, there was a lot of discussion on W Twitter this week, some good, some bad. And to me, that was one of the ones that was like, you know, I get what you're saying. And I understand, but I also think, like, you know, you're not helping your girl out. So, I just want to say that before we get to these insane all-defensive teams. These teams. So, I'll I'll say the teams first, and then we'll kind of just, like, go go where the thoughts take us. Uh, LW defensive first team. Asia Wilson, Natasha Cloud, Sylvia Fowles, Brianna Stewart, and Ariel Atkins. And the second team is Alyssa Thomas, Ezzy Magbagor, John Quell Jones, Brittany Sykes, and Gabby Williams. I don't know if you noticed, but I did not mention the name Candace Parker. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. Uh, I just I'm flabbergasted. I'm I'm confused. I don't know why I don't know why Alyssa Thomas is on the second team, even though, you know. She was second in, in defensive player of the year voting, and there's no world where she's not a first team all defensive player. Uh, even if you had picked Asia to win the award, I, I feel like 
AT's in the top three, no matter what. So I don't know why she's on the second team. Uh, the guards kind of feel all over the place. I don't know where Re- Rebecca Gardner is. I don't know where um, Alicia Gray is. I'm just very confused. It was very confusing. And and I think the fixes are a lot more simple than they look. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all due respect to a legend, I don't think Sylvie Fowles should have been on all defense. No. And that is not meant in any knock to her. She's been one of the best defenders throughout her entire career. I just didn't feel like she was on this level this year. If there was a third team, sure. Mm. Uh, I, I, I mean, again, I'd have to think on it, but I felt like she kind of got there just because center, the positions are still very confusing. And what I think that Asia wasn't playing this year. Center. Oh. Yeah, like that that was the thing to me. Everybody's talking about positional constraints. Like Asia the five, Stewie AT forwards. Like the, they all can fit on first team. That was so weird to me. Or if you can do center, I, I like I, like I said this at the time when I was cheating the positions before. Um, of the big three, that uh, is the time I thought we're in the MVP discussion. Um, Candace Parker was listed as a center. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure her and Asia were listed as forward centers this year. Asia was not, and that's where the conf- on the on WNBA.com, and that's where the confusion was. Really, because I I heard the opposite. Well, not from WNBA.com, but I I heard that she was listed as forward center. Oh yeah, I'm talking about just on on the website. Yeah, but I'm talking about on the ballots. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I recall reading someone saying she was listed forward center on the on the ballots. Um, I'm okay with Tasha Cloud first team. Yeah, uh, when she tweeted that, I thought she was right. I love Errol Adkins to death, but I don't think she was all defense. I would have put Alicia Gray over her. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Gabby would have been first team over her, I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sorry. she's. Yeah, I mean, I thought Britt. I love Britt. Always would push for her first team. I think she was more second team this year. I just think she was. Um, I think she was a more impactful defender than Ariel Atkins was. This yeah, year. no, that's like, that's what I'm getting to. Like, point, yeah. I, I, and when I did these, I had I thought Shakira had a better case than Ariel did uh, from the Mystics. And again, I, I absolutely adore Ariel Atkins. We all know this, but you know, just to me personally, I thought she would have been probably third in line on her own team. Um, John Paul Jones making it as a center. I, I don't quite. Yeah, I, I was gonna say JJ to me. Um, also, just kind of felt like a center cop out, uh, especially over Candace. I don't know how she made it over Candace. I didn't feel like as he makes it as a forward, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, because she I played think... center every time yeah. I saw her play. So yeah, the, the and I don't want to say the answer should go positionless because then it would be like ten forwards, but like. No. But if they're the ten best defenders, they're the ten best defenders. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. You know, it's tough, but I I do definitely think that the positions need to be more defined, is how I'll put it. They need to be more yeah. better defined. My, I think the greater point is that if you're having somebody who, in an open form, would have possibly made third team, makes first team because you put these position requirements in, that tells you that there's a flaw in the system. Yes, absolutely. That's that's my end of the day point. So Bree Jones was uh, the named sixth player of the year. I think it probably should have been unanimous, but instead we got some votes for um, Maisha Heindel and got, got one vote, and we got two votes for Azrae Stevens. I wouldn't have made the case for Azrae, 
but I think she, if you were going to make the case for anybody other than, than for uh, Bree Jones, I think that's the only other person you could have. The Malisha Heinz Allen vote is weird. It's it, it's especially weird as we said there on this pod that it, you're voting for who you think the best is, right? So it's not like you got three votes and that's how she got a vote. And I, I just don't. There's no logical argument for giving the being named the best bench player in the league. I, I like Malisha Heinz Allen a lot. I've mentioned that before in the pod. And a myriad of guest hosts or co-hosts that we've had at the times have told me how crazy I am. I think she's very good. I just there's no logic for her being better than Bree Jones this year. It's it's that simple. And whenever you're supposed to be naming who you think the best bench player is in the league, I think it is that simple. Um, Carlos Knox was let go by the Indiana Fever. I don't think that's all that surprising. I think that um, Lyndon is making her impression on this team pretty clear. Uh, and after letting go Marion Stanley in the middle of the season. Uh, it, it's just time for them to have like this whole whole new look. And I think we saw some signs this year, part of those under Knox's watchful eye, but others just like just in general, I think that this is a team heading in the right direction. They have a ton of young talent and I'll be interested. I think this is actually a pretty interesting job to uh, pursue. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what direction they kind of go in. Uh, I, I don't know nearly enough about uh, the coaching circles, to kind of prognosticate on who I think it should be. But um, whenever you're looking at a team that potentially could have the top pick in the draft again this year after having the worst record, when you already have Melissa Smith and Emily Angsler and Queen Egbo and Lexi Hollow and Destiny Henderson and Kelsey Mitchell will be back. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that there's a lot to like about where this team is going. Even if they are the worst team in the league right now, I think that you, this is something that should be very interesting to anyone who's looking at a job. Uh, and then in terms of the games, we, we, we made it all this way without actually talking about the games that happened over the course of the week, which is kind of par for the course for us, I guess. I think that it's very easy to kind of get lost in the sauce of, of everything that is happening and all the news and awards and everything like that. Um, the Seattle series so far, I think Seattle Vegas has been, to me, the more interesting of the two, and that's coming from somebody who is a, a, a Connecticut Sun fan. Uh, the first game, Team Charles came out swinging, and you saw uh, – Stephanie Talbot kind of give something that you had not really expected throughout uh, the postseason so far. It helped with Gabby Williams out um, that they were able to kind of get on track. I think that one of the things that we've stressed it on this podcast a lot of late, Noel Quinn needs more respect. I think that you're just seeing this team is just playing at such a high level and it is because of the buttons that she presses. She's figured out how to get this team kind of clicking on all cylinders. Sue Bird is I don't, I don't think she had a turnover in the second game. I, th- I think she's still without turnovers. If not, it, it just happened in the second game, which kind of tells you how crazy it is. They should have won by more than they did in the first game. Um, and they kind of let Vegas claw back in. The second game was just a, a, a masterclass between two MVP candidates, kind of going back and forth, trading punches. And ultimately, Vegas was able to come out on top. I don't really think that bodes poorly for either team. I think that we're in for a treat whenever it comes to uh, the next few games in the series, because I do think that these are two pretty evenly matched teams. Um, I think Vegas may have figured some things out, but I mean, Sue Birds look fantastic. Brianna Stewart at times looks like, like she's like the best player in the world. Her and Asia Wilson are like kind of trading that title back and forth, even just in this series. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch how this one progresses. I'm not sure who to expect to figure it out in the end, but I'm definitely looking forward to kind of figuring it out as it goes along. In terms of Chicago and Connecticut, I think it was just two very different games, right? Uh, in game one, Connecticut was able to kind of force their will on Chicago and made it really their game. Candace Parker was exceptional. 
she made history with 18 points or what was it 19 points 18 rebounds uh six blocks five assists I don't have the stat line in front of me but y'all have seen it at this point she's just tremendous uh just reiterating again the fact that she was not on an all defensive team is just a, a, a travesty and it was really as somebody who is rooting for the sun it was really fun I, there were definitely times where you get stressed out and some of the things that made it closer in the end with some less than ideal, the one of honor Courtney Williams shots kind of came back to bite, uh, they, uh Seattle, or, sorry, Connecticut in that second game. And like, that's like, they got into a lot of really good actions. They caused a lot of really good looks and it didn't matter because they were not burying them. And Chicago was just lights out in game two. Uh, as Bailey and I both picked Connecticut to get swept, I am not sure that I expect them to win another game. Obviously, I'm very – I would hope that they will, but I, I, there's nothing really here to kind of tell me that they will. So, um, fingers crossed that they're able to figure something out and kind of put the pieces together and hopefully, you know, just make this a series. I think Alyssa Thomas deserves to see the series go a little bit longer than it already has. So, that's that's where my finger – that's what I'm hoping for there. In terms of um, Vegas and Seattle, I still think this one's going five. There's no doubt in my mind that I think these two teams are just so evenly matched. I think Seattle has been so impressive in the playoffs after – I mean, they were good in the regular season, but it, there was that level of doubt all year, whether Joel Lloyd would step up, and she has, whether Brianna Stewart could sustain this level of excellence, and she has, Ezzie Magbagor being – someone who should have been in the conversation for most improved as well. Tina Charles. It's just, this team is loaded, not a deep rotation necessarily, but they're able to, once Gabby is back, they're able to play six or seven players that they can truly trust and just cause havoc on both sides of the ball. So uh, I'm definitely hoping to get a competitive game and if this can go five and kind of really set the table for the rest of the playoffs, that's, that's the dream, right? So um, definitely, Looking forward to the games on Sunday, uh, and we will be back early next week to kind of recap that. I know that this was kind of a disjointed end of the show with um, the, the technical issues and everything like that. Now you're just hearing my voice, where I think hearing Bailey probably adds a little bit more because you know he's he's better at this than I am, and if he hears that, he'll he'll try to be humble. But we all know that's true. Ba- Bailey is the best. So um, yeah, definitely uh, that'll do it for this week. And we will be back. Like I said, we'll be back early next week. You can follow me at Polytoad Hoops OP. You can find Bailey at Sir Richmond. Sorry, Sir underscore Richmond twenty. Uh, definitely. I mean, he'll he'll be mad at be mad at me for this. But uh, uh, this is coming out Saturday. His birthday was yesterday. Definitely go out onto him either on Instagram or on Twitter and wish him a happy birthday. Lord knows Bailey deserves it for all the work he's done this year. Uh, and we will catch you next week on Rebel Edition.